Hello and welcome to another Christianity A to Z podcast. My name is Tom Sweetman. I'm one of the ministers at Cornerstone Church in Kingston. I'm here with Ben Reed again, one of our assistant pastors with Pete, who is the senior pastor. And this is Christianity A to Z. We are looking today at the letter F and are going to be talking about the subject of faith or the doctrine of faith. Um, this is only one of the things that we produce. You can go onto our website, cornerstonechurchkingston.org, and have a look at uh, resources there, sermons, articles. You can uh, like and subscribe to our channels on social media, on YouTube, all those things. And uh, as I say today, we are looking at F. And uh, Pete, as as usual, yeah. you're going to kick us off with a verse. Am I? Yeah. Oh, okay. We <laughs> yeah, are doing that. We are, we are doing that. Okay. And, well, a great, uh, a great starting verse. with the definition, definition of Okay. Yep. Well, a great, a great. I mean, there are many great verses, uh, but here's a good one, I think, because it incorporates. It sort of brings in our, our last session, which was election with God choosing us, and this is Ephesians chapter two, verse eight to ten. It says, "For it is by grace you have been saved." So that's the work of grace, the work of God through faith, and this is not from yourself. It is a gift. It is the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which Christ prepared in advance for us to do. What I like about that is, it's, it's telling us that it's all the work of God, but the conduit or the sort of, uh, mm. the, the root that we take on that work of God is by faith. Mm-hmm. And we'll speak about what faith really means in a minute and probably give more illustrations. But I th- that, that is by trust, I think. Mm-hmm. So it's trusting what the Lord Jesus Christ has done by his grace for us. And when I trust that, uh, then I am saved. But just to make it clear that your trust, your faith isn't a good work, mm. as if it's some kind of religious work, uh, this is a gift of God. Mm, mm. So he's he's showing us very, very clearly mm. that it is all the work of God in salvation, but the conduit, the sort of means of us appropriating what God has done for us is by our trust mm. in that. Yeah, I think that's really a good distinction. And, um, uh, you know, what one of the things that people often say, um, or what well, they might say to Christians or people of faith is I wish I had your your faith yeah um and uh, so I had a you know a chap I've known for for many years wrote to me over Facebook the other day and uh, he told me that he'd been tuning into our um Corona Chronicles and uh had a, you know had lots of things to chat about but one of the things he said was I wish I shared your faith yeah. and I suppose behind that comment is lots of things but it it the implication is that it's something that you've generated and mm. you've come up with and you've found it within yourself to be a kind of faithy person. Mm. Whereas what you're saying there from that verse is that Christian faith is is actually a gift. It's, it's God's gift. Yeah. Isn't it? So, I mean, in, in, in some ways, and he may be listening, and I yeah. hope he is, uh, in some ways he's right and wrong on mm. that because the faith of uh, uh, is a gift of God. Mm. And so he obviously hasn't got that. Um, but in another way, faith word, we've got a, we've got a sort of, um, I mean, he has your faith, but he has your faith in something else. Mm. Uh, he has the same amount of faith, but he's put it into something else. Mm. So if you take the word faith and just replace it with the word trust, I think it's better today mm-hmm. because faith has got this religious connotations as if we have faith in faith. Mm. We don't have faith in faith or faith is some kind of thing. Mm-hmm. that uh, saves us uh it's just trust mm-hmm. and so the trust god gives us he opens our eyes up 
to see that we desperately need not to trust ourselves, but to trust in Jesus mm. Christ. Your friend is trusting in himself or mm. his upbringing. A different story of a some different kind. story yeah. of some kind. Um, we, we must trust in Christ. Mm. Yeah, brilliant. That's quite helpful because um, a lot of people detach faith from thinking or mm. any sort of personal responsibility. And they think it's an ethereal sort of weird, hyper-spiritualized thing that just hovers above you. Mm. And it's like, well, I could never have that because it's 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 just so other and so different um but uh yes it's 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 trusting and you trust something when you observe it and you look at it and you sort of find out about it um and you go yeah i'll put my trust in that mm. yeah and that's something that that people can do um mm. it's it's not something that's uh just sort of magically appears like you're mm. saying tom within someone like mm. oh you've conjured it up within you that's amazing i, mm. I could never do that mm. um yeah. yeah, so the, the question is, is Jesus trustworthy with my life? Yes. Is he trustworthy for me to change my lifestyle mm. and to obey him and to follow him? Yes. And, uh, you know, a Christian is someone that says, yeah, mm. uh, I, I think he's more trustworthy with my life than I am. And mm. therefore, I want to put my trust in him and what he's done for me. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, you were, t- you, you were sort of suggesting, I think you've got, if I can see, oh, you've got Hebrew. Sorry, I thought it was Romans <laughs> 10. I think in Romans 10, sorry, let me just have a look here. Um, uh, you see that there is an intellectual, there, there's an intellectual side to faith. Yeah. There's, mm. there's a knowledge. It's mm. not just faith. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, is this true? Yes. And, and Paul is talking about preaching the gospel. And he says um, in verse 13 of Romans 10, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. That's like faith, mm-hmm. trust. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to call on him to rescue me. And then he says, how then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent, as it is written, beautiful are the feet of him who bring good news. So there's a whole sort of um, intelligent thing there. This is not just, I wish, I wishful, it's not wishful thinking faith. Yeah, yeah. Is there's an intelligence base of mm. is Jesus the savior of the world? Is he the son of God? Is mm. he the one that can bring us to the Father? Mm. Is is he who he claims to be? Yeah. Because if if they don't hear about that, they won't be able to believe. So mm. you have to hear and then mm. believe. So there's yeah. substance. Yes, mm. and that's yeah. that's the that's God the Father's expectation. He doesn't expect you just to suddenly randomly wake up one day and turn to him. Um even the gospel came with Jesus, who said, "Repent and believe, um, have faith in me." Uh, but that message of the, the good news of the gospel didn't arrive until He showed up, yep. and, and He said, "Look at me, look at who I am, look what I'm going to do." Um, and so, the faith that we have in Christ is based on what we've seen Christ do. Mm-hmm. Um, the gospel is not detached from something we can observe and hear. Yeah. Um, and 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 so Jesus is the one who brings His feet are the most beautiful because mm. He's sent. And he comes with the good news. Mm. There's an old illustration. Just as you were talking, I was thinking about the, uh, you know, about the chair that is often is often used, yeah. where you could you could you could get a chair in front of you, and you could analyze it 
from all kinds of different angles. So you could talk about, you know, does it look sturdy? Mm. Are the legs made of metal? Do the screws and the joints look strong? Does it look like it would be able to hold my weight? And there's all this kind of assessment you can do of the chair. Um, but the act of trust or the moment of trust is when you actually sit on it mm. and let it take your weight. Yeah. And uh, there's something quite good in that, isn't there? So, so when we're looking uh, at Christian faith, we're talking about the person of Jesus. As you say, we're looking into history, seeing about his life, his ministry, his death, his resurrection, his claims. And the act of trust is saying, okay, this, this, this all makes sense to me. This is true. Uh, what Jesus says about me is true. Um, Lord, I want to follow Jesus. Yes. I want to. And that's the act of sitting on the chair. It's not mm. just assessing, is it? It's saying my life is now going to change as a result of the things that I know mm. about Jesus. So, um, And then yeah. faith isn't good works there. Faith mm. is just sitting on the chair. Yeah. The, yeah. the chair is the good works, yeah. if you like. Yeah. I mean, the older illustration, <laughs> if you like. <laughs> yeah, before chairs. <laughs> well, it is yeah. before chairs, but it is blonded. Yeah. And I mean, this used to be a real favourite, but I don't know whether... Uh, people hear this anymore, but these old good old Victorian ones. So Blondin was a, a, a very famous um, tightrope walker. He walks across a tightrope of the Niagara Falls. I think he was the first one to do it. And um, I mean, it's just extraordinary because it's, it's it's about an inch uh, wide of the, the wire that he walks on, and he walks across the Niagara Falls. Everybody's clapping mm. him, and then he says, "Do you think I could take a wheelbarrow over?" Mm. And everybody says, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." <laughs> what with a with a load of a sack of potatoes in, yeah. and mm -hmm. he, do, he does that, and everybody's clapping. And he says, "Now." Those potatoes weigh about the same size as a human. Mm -hmm. uh, does everybody believe I can yeah. take a person across? And everybody, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I can take a person. They say, well, I'll take you. Yeah, yeah. And then, <laughs> and then that, it just makes it all different. Yeah, yeah, it? yeah. And his yeah. manager did go in the end, yeah. and he did take someone across in, in a wheelbarrow. And um, that's that's faith. Mm. Yeah, mm. that's mm. not just an intellectual faith. Mm. There's an intellectual faith. We've seen that he can do it. Mm. And now there's the getting into the wheelbarrow and I'll let him do it for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think um, I think faith is also, it, it's trust in the character of God, isn't it, as he's revealed himself to be. So um, the, there's an interesting word, you know, in, in the Old Testament, the Hebrew word, where the, the word believe is often, is, is from the root word amen, which means to just agree, to say amen means let it be so, Lord. You know, I, I agree, mm -hmm. Lord. And... The word belief shares the same root as amen. And that's that's in many ways what faith is. It's hearing the promises of God and saying, yes, Lord, they are true, Lord. Let them be, Lord. I'm going to live in light of your promises. And so that's that's a statement about God's character, isn't it? That that trust is knowing that he is faithful and that he does what he says. And we're going to live by his word and not our own. Um, and I think in, when you get to Hebrews 11 and we're told that... Uh, you know, faith is the assurance of the things that we do not see. Um, that is an important aspect of faith, isn't it? You know, there is a, a trust in what God has told us, even if we can't see it with our eyes now, mm. that there is a new creation coming and Jesus is going to return and he's going to raise us from the dead. We don't, we don't actually see those things yet, but because we know Jesus has come in history and because we know what sort of God is revealed to us in the Bible... We trust that he will, he does not lie. He does mm. not lie like we lie and he mm. does not change and shift. Uh, he does what he says. And so faith is saying, Lord, you know, it's all on you in mm. some way. You know, you know, we trust you to do what you've said. 
and we're gonna we're gonna live. And there's a wonderful bit in Hebrews 11 where um, it says, because the the people of old lived this way, God was not ashamed to be called their God. In other words, he he honors people who uh, trust him and anticipate the fulfillment of his word. Mm. And uh, you know that that is what it is. And we're, we're all we're all trusting in some kind of word, aren't we, in this world? Whether it's the uh, you know the word of science or the word of our own hearts or the word of just living for experiences. There's some words and story we're living living for. And Christian faith is just saying it's God's story. God is faithful. You know, we're going to live for him. So it's interesting when people say um, the expression blind faith, mm. because as you were just saying, uh, sometimes we don't see with our physical eyes, but we trust what God has said. Mm. So in, in a sense, it's blind because we can't see it, but it's not blind at all in the sense that we have no reason to be um confident or doubting yeah. it mm. yeah, we have every reason so it's not a christian faith is not a blind faith at all we don't just wake up believing it for no reason mm. we've seen what god has done we've we've seen he's trustworthy yeah. the you know the hundreds of prophecies about jesus where the town he'll be born in you know what he'll be like the things he'll do the death he dies mm. they all come true and so god has demonstrated his faithfulness and so therefore you go, well, he, he's made these promises, he's delivered on them, he's trustworthy, therefore mm. we can trust him with future mm. things as well. And, that, and in that sense, it's not a blind faith. No. Um, so when people say, I wish I, uh, I, wish I had your blind faith, mm. you go, well, it's not blind. No. Yes. And what they mean is um, the sort of faith that doesn't care about reason or facts. Yes. Or, yeah. you know, I wish I could live as if facts weren't important, yes. you know, because they're thinking it's yes. so unbelievable. Yeah. We're yeah. saying, no. Our faith is rooted in fact yeah, and yeah. history, and, yeah. <laughs> you know. So, right. and the so. things we don't know, we trust him for. But yeah. we do that all the time. Mm. So, if you if you come to me uh, this morning and said I had a dream about you, Pete, win winning a million million pounds, I've got no way of proving whether you had that dream or not. Or you're just lying to me. Mm. But because I know you, and you don't usually lie, I could trust you with the thing I don't know. Yeah. And that's really what it is with God, isn't it? There's yep. loads of stuff we don't know. Mm. It's not a blind faith. It's a based on, yeah, but what I do know, what I can investigate, what I can put my finger on and say, is this right or wrong, mm. fits. Mm. So why wouldn't I trust him with the stuff that I, I can't prove or not prove? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Okay, great. So there's lots of good stuff there in terms of definition and what faith is. Um, Let's just sort of try to um, drill down into it a bit more. Um, and there's kind of two directions we could go. Let, let's go this way first. Um, so talking about talking about faith and the faith that saves us, you know, um, there will be Christians, and I'm sure we've all, to some extent, had uh, seasons where we've, we've doubted. You know, we've been unsure about, um, you know, God's promises or, you know, maybe that's just been a day or an hour or a long season of doubt. And, you know, what, what is the role of sort of, you know, how, how does that affect faith as Christians doubt? And what do we do with doubt, you know, when we when we come? Any thoughts on that? Uh, yeah. Um, well, well, doubt in, in many ways is, is an attack on trust, isn't mm. it? Is is is. And so I guess we've got to keep asking the question, when I don't understand why God has allowed something obviously bad to happen within my life or why uh, do the uh, people that are really ungodly uh, do so well uh, uh, sometimes, and I'm thinking, what is going on here? I don't understand. Then doubts can happen. And that's where we need to talk uh, the Bible to ourselves. This is where we got to look up the scriptures. And you get a lot of this in the Psalms where 
the psalm writer is saying. You know, why do the pagans do so well and the Christian, uh, the mm -hmm. believers do so badly? I mean, we were talking about um, Mozambique and mm -hmm. uh, how Christians are being sort of slaughtered there and um, and the, the wicked religion that's doing that. You know, why has the wicked religion got that power? And it's not wrong to ask that question. No. Um, it's, in fact, absolutely appropriate to ask that question but it depends where you're asking it and whether you want an answer mm. so lots of people ask questions of where's god where? and then they walk off don't they why would god allow this and mm. then they walk off mm. whereas actually when you chew that over and listen to his word you'll see that god works this through with you and he works those doubts through with you. This is why. Mm. Pity these people, in mm. fact, mm. Uh, because of what they've got coming to them. Um, you know, and uh, I think that's where, I'm not sure if I explained it very well, but I think that's where uh, doubt and faith. So doubt is a great opportunity to grow in faith mm. if, if you're listening to what he's saying. Mm. Mm. And I think just, to, you know, it's interesting, isn't it, when you go, this ties into what we looked at, deep devil. Um, when we look back in the Garden of Eden, we see the very first tactic of the snake is to sow seeds of doubt, isn't it? Did God really say mm. is his first question. And that is a question of doubt. They, you know, He wants them to doubt God's goodness and God's faithfulness. And because we live in a world which is just saturated with his lies, um, you know, we cannot avoid um, that sort of thinking and hearing those kind of lies um but as you say you know it's what we do with the doubt isn't it do we bring it to the lord um, do we turn it into prayer do we read the experiences of those who have doubted in the bible that's the beautiful thing about the bible isn't it? there's this honesty you know mm. uh, these readers are not just the perfect model of unwavering faith mm. you know even abrahams who are considered the man of faith they had great doubts they lied about stuff and uh, the bible records all of that for us um, because every generation of Christian is going to face similar things, mm. and it's what we do with it, isn't it? So, um, you know, it's not a sign that somebody is all of a sudden not a believer or has been thrown yeah. out of God's family. It's, but we do need to deal with it in the right way, don't yeah, we? Yeah, and largely, you know, we've got worldview uh, that are being pumped into us all the time, mm. you know, by the world. This is what you should believe. This is what it should be right. And it's very hard to have that and get that out of your head and very often you've got to go back and relearn things isn't it it's like it's not in many ways someone told me that doing maths up to a level was is i don't know whether this is true but i was told you do maths up to a level and then when you go to university to do applied maths you basically got to unlearn everything you learned for a level <laughs> right <laughs> and now i don't know how true that is and someone will probably know but uh, often there is stuff like that mm. you have to unlearn stuff to learn what God is saying, mm. and therefore, am I going to trust that he knows better than what I've been informed with mm. before? Mm. It's a good opportunity as well to take stock and think about what your faith is based on if you, if you have a season or a period of doubt. Um, because what's changed? You have to ask that question. I did believe, and now I don't. Mm. What, did I, what was the basis of my belief before? Uh, an interesting thing happens with John the Baptist we were talking mm. about. Um, because obviously John the Baptist is the greatest man to ever live. That's what Jesus said. This is mm. the greatest man to ever live. And when he's in prison, this is also the one that I said, 
Um, you know, here comes the Lamb of God. He mm. takes, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And after me will come someone greater. So he's absolutely got the right idea of Jesus. He understands the scriptures. He knows who Christ is. And yet in prison, near the end of his life, um, he has doubts and he sends his disciples to go to Jesus to ask him, are you the Messiah? Mm. And Jesus really lovingly and kindly, this, I think this shows God's heart for people who do doubt. Um, he doesn't say, how, you know, what you've d- abandoned me, John. You were meant to be the greatest man who ever lived. He says, um, he says, go back and tell John, uh, you know, the blind receive sight, the gospel is preached and um, there's resurrection, I think mm. it is, or there's, uh, the dead are raised to life. And John hears that message and it's a reiteration, a re sort of going over the prophecies and the promises of who the Christ will be. And Christ is saying, yes, those prophecies that you once trusted in, I am fulfilling all of those things. And so what has changed, John? The, the basis that you used to believe hasn't changed. Uh, and the message I give to you now is not a new message, not a new revelation, but it's telling you to go back and look at what has already been said. So the, the principle for us is, um, are we basing our faith in uh, the promises made in Scripture and who Christ is? And when we doubt, it's probably us that's moved away. Um, we, we, we start wanting God to be a feeling for us or, like, you know, we want things to go well for us. Mm-hmm. But actually Christ says, no, come back and look at me. Mm-hmm. Come back and look at the Scriptures and see how I fulfill all of these different promises. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so what we've been talking about, our, our faith isn't blind. It's based on God's word and uh, the trust that we have um, in him. Mm. And your, your point about God's graciousness to him there, Jesus' graciousness to him, is, is really important. So as you were speaking, I was thinking as well of, um, of that scene in Mark chapter 9, where you've got this amazing bit where Jesus comes down the mountain and uh, he finds this uh, young boy who's being ravaged by Satan. Mm. And uh, the disciples and the teachers of the law, they're all having a big fuss and argument about why this demon won't come out. And, uh, and then the, the father of the boy comes to Jesus and there's this moment where he says, Lord, I believe, mm. help me overcome my unbelief. That's a great way to deal with doubt, isn't it? Yeah. You know, Lord, I believe you're trustworthy, your promises are true, but I'm experiencing a disconnect between what I believe and how I'm living. Will you help me? Help me. Mm. And Jesus does. But who does he rebuke at the end? Well, it's the disciples, because they say, why couldn't we drive it out? And he says, you didn't pray. Yeah. You know, and um, so there's a wonderful, there's two models. There's a doubt. They're arguing and they're looking inside themselves. Jesus rebukes them. There's a man who doubts, but brings it to Jesus and says, help me. And Jesus Jesus blesses him. And so that is the way to to deal with it, isn't it? Um, And they were having faith in their own ability. Yeah, exactly. Or their own position, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so come to church, you know, if you are doubting, some people think... Talk to people. Yeah, yeah, some people think, well, I'm going through a rough patch here with my faith. Yes. So I won't go to church, you know, until I feel better. Yeah. Mm. Otherwise, I feel like a hypocrite. Well, actually, that's the opposite of what you should be doing. Mm. Um, yeah, absolutely. The one who went to Christ with his doubts yeah, was I mean, the one that Christ In many helped. ways, it happens on every level, doesn't mm. it? Mm. I mean, if you take the vaccine or something, you know, I, mean, I don't want to get into whether you should or shouldn't take it. That's completely up to people's consciences. But, you know, if you're saying, I doubt whether this is, I think this is a dangerous thing, mm. then it's worth you looking into it, isn't it? And investigating and making a decision on that. Mm. Um, not just saying, I'm not taking it because... I heard a story once sure. somewhere, yeah. you know, that someone got a blood clot. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Mm. Okay, so um, is it possible then, it's another type of question, is it possible to grow in faith 
Mm. Um, and if so, how do you do that? Uh, yeah, definitely. And the Bible is 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 doing that. Is is uh, saying that that we grow in our trust as you grow in trust with anyone. Really, when you first meet someone, you know you might be a bit wary, and you chat with them and enjoy them and. Uh, they say they're going to pick you up and they do pick you up. And so, you know, trust is born in relationship, isn't it? And so the way we become a Christian is this saving faith, which is saying it's not by my works, uh, but it's by what Jesus has done that I trust in. That was that first verse that I started mm. off with in Ephesians 2. Um, so I'm trusting that Jesus' death and resurrection will deal with my sin, not not my works or religion or who I am. Um, but once I've trusted in Christ, I'm, I'm learning to love him, see how much he loves me. I'm understanding the depths of his relationship, uh, his kindness, his grace. Well, you know, th th those things you don't just know. Mm. Uh, and even if you do know them intellectually, they're worked out in relationship. So Christianity is a relational religion. It's not just a religion, is it? It's not just a, a set of works. It's knowing God. I mean, mm. that's what it's mm. called, isn't it? Mm. That salvation is to know God through Christ Jesus. And so as we know him, we learn to trust him. Uh, we go through doubts and difficulties in life, and we ask why, and we learn to trust him for our future. Uh, that he knows best and that he is the sovereign Lord of the universe. And those things grow. Mm. And um, where we see them grow, I think, in according to the scriptures, is that there will be good deeds. Mm. So it's interesting, isn't it, that, that it's not by works that I'm saved. It's by if trust in what Jesus has done. Mm. But trust in Jesus without works, mm. says James, is 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 no faith at all it's no trust at all mm. you're not really trusting so i begin to follow uh god's uh um plan for my life which is to glorify christ mm. and to build his church up mm. so i start well, that's, it's interesting you say because i mean it was yeah well it was one of the things i was wanting to come on to that that um you know in my experience of the, uh, speaking to muslims at uh, the university this is one of the big things they mm. often say about christianity yeah. that mm. um you know as we rightly stress salvation by faith they say so you can just live how you want no they can't get get over the idea that without a slight sword of damocles hanging over your head you you wouldn't live right you know you need the sort yeah. of threat of mm judgment to motivate you um yeah. and the idea that if you're just saved by faith well i can go and do whatever the heck i want and god yeah. will just forgive me but um you know you've sort of helpfully begun to sort of show why that doesn't work you know any other thoughts on on you know on that yeah um, so yeah. i mean if you have faith it's a gift from god and uh that will go hand in hand with him giving you his holy spirit to dwell in you and that will also go hand in hand with him inscribing his law upon your heart. Mm. So when God saves uh, his people, um, he uh, He writes the law on our hearts, which means that we desire to follow them. We don't have a, a sort of fallen heart that desires to rebel against God, but we're constrained by this written law. We now have a, a, a law upon our own hearts so that we want to follow God. Mm. And that is, that is... So when you see a Christian who... Um, has a kind of Christian love for their neighbor or their brother or sister, um, that is a God-given, God-pointed, God-sort-of-grown love that they have 
for that person. So it's not by that that they're saved, but it's because they um, have faith in God, because he's working in them by his Holy Spirit, because he's writing their laws upon their heart. So they want to follow. Because that's, that's the thing you can say to the Muslim is, I am free, I suppose, to do anything because Christ has paid it for every penalty mm, of my mm. sin. And yet I do not want to go to the brothel. Mm, mm. <laughs> I do not want to uh, go to go and gamble. Mm. Um, I want to be faithful to my wife and I want to give my life for the Lord. Yeah, it's I relational, to, which love is different language, to them. Because yeah. if you say, what does your heart want? They Well, they're like, well, of course I want to go to the brothel because you know but i'm constrained by this as you said sword above me Mm. it's totally different what the gospel Mm. does Mm. i remember i think it's martin luther who said something like um we are saved by faith alone but never by a faith which is alone Mm. in other words the gift of faith is an explosive dynamic gift and if it is given to you although you're saved by it alone it cannot help but um burst into uh, life. It doesn't make sense, does it? So I'm going to trust in Christ because if faith is trust, I'm going to trust in Christ that he knows better how I should live my life than me. I'm going to put my trust in him. And he tells me that you be faithful to your wife. And I'm thinking, but it would be more fun not to be. I'm going to say, yeah, but I trust Jesus. Mm. So if I trust Jesus, I'll be faithful to my wife. In one sense, it's sort of automatic although that's not the word that's ever used because you've used love language which is right and and james says this if you see a brother or sister that haven't got any food and say oh i have faith Mm -hmm. but you don't feed them you don't have faith Mm -hmm. because if you have faith in jesus he says they're your brothers and sisters and if they're your brothers and sisters Mm -hmm. you would go out of your way to help them Mm -hmm. so it it go it mm. rides together. And it's your it? wheelbarrow uh, picture all over again. Those people sort of clapping on the side, yeah. but not believing they could be safely taken across. Yeah, are people who profess faith but don't really who, who aren't doing the deeds. Well, J- when yeah. James says, yeah, that 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 uh, it's not just an intellectual faith because no. he says that the devils know that yes. Jesus is the Son of God. Yeah, yeah, um, and they shudder right. and they, 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 they shudder at it. But so they, there's yeah. there's something in them that says. I know that's Jesus. Yeah. I believe that's Jesus, the Son of God. Yep. They shudder, but they don't put their trust in him. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. fantastic. Um, okay, well, coming to the end now, I mean, I just it's a bit meandering, but I just had an, a, another thought when we were talking about growing in faith there that I remember I think one of the things you said, Pete, once before was that, um, you know, growing in faith as well as growing in kind of trust uh, of God's promises and trust in who he is, it's, it's a growing distrust in yourself as well. And... Um, in one yeah. sense, um, a mature Christian is is seen in how much they know their own heart is deceitful. Yeah. You know, the, the more mature they are, they're more they less they trust themselves, mm. don't they? Um, and uh, I guess that's part of what faith is, isn't it? It's a growing distrust in self, and, uh, and it's almost the opposite to what you know. Well, it is the opposite to to, to, to the big belief system today, mm. which is to trust yourself, mm. to look to yourself. And that's why the world is screwed up. Mm. And that's why so many young people are totally confused about everything from sexuality to what is life about mm. to suicidal thoughts and so forth. Because because they're trying to find a big answer and uh, a big narrative in themselves mm. rather than looking out of themselves and trusting in Christ. Mm. So th- these are not academic little things this is absolutely essential isn't it Mm -hmm. and part of the wonderful thing about being a christian is to show the world i do not trust myself i will not um i mean just just think about this whole pandemic thing that we've been in 
you know, it's, 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 it's so much trust in science, trust in science, trust in man, isn't it? And uh, thankfully, God in his common grace and kindness has given us scientists that can find a vaccine or mm-hmm. vaccines. But, you know, that's to just stop there and trust in man. Surely it's mm-hmm. obvious uh, that that doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Okay, thank you very much, brothers. And, uh, you know, I hope this has been helpful for you. And um, we certainly enjoy talking about it together. And it'd be great to hear from you. You know, if you've, if you've been listening to these and uh, you'd like to leave a comment or, um, you know, you'd like to sort of add something or ask a question, uh, if you typed up a question on YouTube, we'd love to have a go at uh, trying to answer that at some stage. So uh, do do let us know how, how you're getting on with these. And uh, join us next week. We'll be back for another one. And uh, as I said at the beginning, cornerstonechurchkingston.org is where you'll find lots of resources and you can uh, like and subscribe to all our YouTube channels. So uh, thank you for listening. <laughs>